You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the ESO Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy everyone and welcome to the final episode of the ESO Dragon Con 2016 Con Report. This is the last one ever, folks. 2016, the 30th anniversary, Dragon Con is over. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our surviving crew. Uh, Starting, of course, with director Mike Faber. Define surviving. That's always the question for me. (laughs) You're here. You're back on the station. I know, but it could be a hologram. (laughs) (laughs) God help us if there's like a hologram of you. Oh, that would be kind of fun, actually. It'd be fun to send that one to work and I could just do whatever I want. Oh, wait, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, it is awesome. Dragon Con is a blur back in my memory already. And it's going to be fun talking and seeing what everyone else's experiences are with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was a great time. Um, And yes, I I can't wait to get into the details. Um, And we also have Darren Noel, who also survived. Yes, I can confirm that. (laughs) (laughs) uh despite this dispersal and uh intake of pie i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) it's that strong is it (laughs) (laughs) you should know it was most uh enjoyable i want to hear the story what happened to that third gallon of pie (laughs) (laughs) uh friday We also have Mary Lou Who is joining us again. What's up? Hey, and uh, how was, how was, uh, just, you know, briefly, how was your Dragon Con experience? It was wonderful. I mean, I always have a great time. I'm, I'm really like figuring out how to do it. And uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. And now we'll, we'll get into the details of it, of course, in a little bit. But uh, did you have a different role this year or? Um, no, this is my second year of volunteering for the media relations team, um, and my uh, role in the team was the same as it was last year. So, gotcha. um, yeah. It, it does seem like uh, Dan's acquired quite an army of uh, of media <laughs> folks. Army. I, it, it did. I saw a picture, like a group picture. I was like, wow, I didn't know you had like, there's like a dozen of you or something. <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't want to get the wrong number, but I think it's like 13 or 15, somewhere in there. Um, but we have to have people to man the registration area, um, you know, at all hours, the con, the con is open, basically. Um, and then we also man the interview room. So when reporters do interviews with our guests, we have to have, like, at least two people in there to man that room at a time. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. And we actually have another interview room for, um, like, literary guests and stuff. So that's, we have, we have a lot of needs. Well, cool. Uh, I, again, I look forward to hearing uh, everything else in detail as much as, you know, we can 
relay on air. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have before. with us. We also have with us uh, the geek behind the lens herself, Nikki Rao Baker. Hi. Howdy. And I, I do recall briefly running into you uh, at, yeah. at, on this year, which sometimes doesn't get to happen. So right, uh, I, was yeah. I was glad for that. Yeah. If I recall correctly, I was I was eating a hot dog sitting in a hallway outside of a panel room <laughs> and, and i was gonna say you were decompressing i've yeah. seen i've seen so many movies start that way you know <laughs> yeah it's, it sounds it sounds uh, much more scandalous than it actually was it <laughs> well was just, Nikki, i was gonna say i've eaten a few hot dogs in a hallway before too <laughs> uh, i've heard i've heard and i i actually i think i i've got the three disc collection of oh, uh, yeah yeah darren noel eating hot dogs in the hallway you. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, it was just between photo shoots, um, trying to find a nice, quiet place with air conditioning uh, to to just hang out and and hide for a minute. But yeah, it was it was you know the usual craziness as it always is. But well, I do think a good time. Important. At least you were taking a moment to rest, to eat something, and yes. to hydrate. Yes. So yes. That, uh, I do try to important. obey those rules. Yes. You're all three at once. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, awesome. Uh, we're also going to feature segments with Eternal Zan, Michelle Biddick-Simmons, and Kevin Batchelder is here as well. Um, this Earth Station One special report is sponsored by the ESO Amazon eStore, where you can find all sorts, sorts of cool, geeky merchandise. If you're ordering some swag from Amazon, help us out by going through our link. It doesn't cost you any more, and it really does help us out. Um, if you would like to leave feedback on this year's convention um, or a comment on what you'd like to see next year, uh, please call our ESO feedback line at 404-963-9057 um, or feel free to email us at esopodcast at gmail.com. And now we're going to get started with some news and notes. Well, uh, the big news, uh, the press release is uh, they've announced the, the final numbers. And the official number of attendance is a record attendance uh, for Dragon Con, 77,000 people. I I believe, I don't know if they rounded up or down. Uh, I doubt it was that number exactly, but um, uh, 77,000 people. Um, They say that uh, in the press release, it further says that fans came from around the world, all 50 states, and uh, as far away as Japan, New Zealand, Fiji, um and uh they also had um uh sorry they also uh raised $98,000 for the official charity which is the Atlanta Center for Self Sufficiency which is awesome um they also had a um uh, they raised uh, auctions the money was raised through auctions and other charity events uh, plus they had a $50,000 match so um, uh, it says here that since 2012, DragonCon has raised uh, $440,000 for its official charities. So that's pretty impressive. Um, so good stuff there. Um, but the number, 77000 Anybody surprised? Anybody thinking that it was less, it was more? I think that probably is about right. Um, I know a lot of people from Florida did not make it up to Dragon due to the hurricane hitting during right. that weekend. So... I was expecting a little more people, but I think 
when the reality of travel and your homestead being threatened, people had to make last minute cancellations. So. Well, I know a lot of folks who, you know, were on panels and such, some guests even had to cancel because of the hurricane. So, and I know friend of the show, Mark Maddox, he got hit with a uh, tree crashing into a swimming pool. Yeah. was a, Oh, I had no idea that that happened. Mm-hmm. So at least, hey, at least it didn't hit his house, as he likes to say. Right. True, at true. least it just decided to go for a swim and not, you know, go make a sandwich in his kitchen. Yeah. Trees, <laughs> right. trees were thirsty. Trees were thirsty. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I've heard from a number of people, and we talked about it when we recorded on that Sunday night, which people can listen to the ESO special report from DragonCon uh, featuring ESO network folks. Um, one of the things that uh, a lot of people and when we were talking going around about the convention was that crowd management overall seemed to be very good. So it almost didn't seem like there was as many people um, this year as last year. You guys kind of agree with that or? Uh, I, I would agree with that. It seems like every year they get a little bit better about the traffic patterns, if you will, with within the hotel lobbies, especially the Marriott. Um, I feel like it was a little bit easier to maneuver around, even on a, a Friday and Saturday night. I didn't have as much trouble getting through the lobbies. Um, the only t- place, as always, that I had any trouble getting through was the bottleneck in the Marriott at the uh, T going between the food court, the Marriott, and the Hyatt. Yeah, I will agree with you on that. But that's you know that's pretty consistent. People not knowing. <laughs> Exactly which, which they direction go. they need to go. And I don't think that little ribbon that they have that separates that does anybody any good. No. Because you're not really sure no. if it means like, okay, do I cross over it to go? Like, it just doesn't. And at one point, I think at, in the evening, they had one side of it that you could not go. Like, you could not go, I think it was uh, to the side where the restaurant is. You could not access that area of the Marriott. You had to go around uh, to the, if you're coming from the, the T, uh, you're, you have to go to the left. They were trying, I know at one point doing one way at that point, like one way, if you were coming right. in, in from the food court and the Hyatt, you had to go over by the restaurant. If you were coming out from the Marriott, going over to the walkways, you had to go over on that side, the side where the, by the ballrooms. Exactly. I know mm-hmm. they were trying to do that on a at, in the evening, and I don't think it did so hot. It, it didn't. It was, a, <laughs> it was a cluster at like two in the morning when I was moving through there. Yeah, because they had see, the side by the restaurants was completely blocked off. You couldn't go over that way, so everyone was funneling one way, both ways. <laughs> so yeah, by two a.m., I was settled into watching really bad movies. In the basement of, I think it was the Hilton, was where I was watching really crappy movies. So I, I didn't even hang out in the Marriott at that point. Because, yeah, it just gets too crowded. But I did get some fine films uh, that I will convey to you what they are later on, if you're interested. Yay. Yay. <laughs> no, they're terrible, guys. They're awful. <laughs> it is. I mean, the Marriott still is, I think, the heart of the convention um i mean that's where uh, i it seemed to be the biggest crowds i'll tell um, you where i had a lot of trouble getting around and where i actually was starting to get slightly claustrophobic which for me it takes a lot uh the vendors area i i could not 
maneuver through the vendors area. I, it was just way, way too crowded for me. Which, I went in on there only once. Uh, second floor. Really? Yeah. The, um, yeah second which, floor which was, um, gosh, I don't know. Friday. Okay. Friday or Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. Mm-hmm. I don't go. I refuse to go to that building. Yeah, it was it was just nuts. Because I think Saturday it was closed for capacity at some point. It yeah, was. they 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 closed it down quite often. Um, because I have a couple friends that have booths there, and I was talking with them later on in the evening when we were hanging out, and she was saying, "Yeah, you know, they shut us down. the The fire marshal was shutting the the building down because of capacity several times throughout throughout the day." Yeah, the um um. And I think that was another uh, plus traffic wise, because I think the distribution of a lot more to America's Mark building, um, they added an additional 215 square feet to the convention because of that. Mm-hmm. But I still think they've got some issues now with that because yeah. um, they've got four panels at the top on the fourth floor. Mm. track panels uh that uh take place then they've got the they move the artist area over there on the third floor and they've got the vendors on on the second floor and you've got a lot of stuff happening in that building now and it was getting it was packed before with just the vendors yeah so i think you know i heard some complaints about people not being able to get to their panels uh because uh, on saturday because they they couldn't get in the building I know that uh, uh, my colleague, uh, Bill, went out to get lunch on Saturday, and it took him over an hour to come back because he couldn't get in the building. He was waiting in line uh, because the fire marshal again. had. And what was odd about that was that on the floor I was on, it wasn't packed. So I'm like, well, there's not a lot of people here, and yet they're not letting people in the building because there's too many people. So. Obviously, they're hanging out. Uh, a lot of them are hanging out in the vendor area. And probably if there was a couple of big panels going on, you know, they had some pretty big Star Trek guests. So if they had a, a Star Trek guest uh, appearing, you know, at the top there uh, on the fourth floor, then that would have been a lot of people to to get in there, too. So well, and also don't forget gaming's over there now, too. Oh, that's right. Well, yep. It was in the other building. Right. So. But there were still a lot of people trying yeah, to yeah, funnel in and out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think still they think closed down that tunnel between the two they, buildings. Yeah, right? they eventually did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, yep. exactly. That's where I was going. And, you know, not to brag or anything, but having the guest status, I was able to get in away from the lines to get into the America's Mart. Okay, Mr. Humblebrag. <laughs> exactly. Mr. Fancy Pants guest. Uh, it's it's, well, it's the rest funny of that you us, say that, though, because I do plebs. know some people who, have ba- who had guest badges that weren't able to get in. Really? Because the fire marshal said, I don't care who you are. You're not getting in that yeah. building. Um, so you must have just had a presence about you, Director Faber. Of course. Uh, it's a, don't, <laughs> don't you know who I am? Come on. Yes, yeah, of course. It wasn't a presence. It was con funk. Exactly. <laughs> right. They're like, hey, hey, no, no, no. Get hey, him away from us. Dear God. Oh. No, no, no. He had, let's face it, he had, he had Judy. Him, him. That's the real power <laughs> behind the throne. True. Yeah. yeah, I just had to stick Judy on him. It's like, yeah, I, that would do it. Yeah. I had Judy yeah. and Mary Ogle with me, so they were like, "You better let us in." You'll viciously <laughs> cook him a brisket. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but that you know, that being said, uh, uh, the new area was uh, fantastic. Uh, the convention floor for us artists, it felt more like an actual comic convention 
not that there was an issue with the uh, floor that we were using or the room that we were using before, but this felt more like a convention than it did, um, you know, being in a hotel ballroom. And, uh, you know, I think there's some traffic issues that they still need to work out. And I already have talked to some people and I know that they're already, you know, that's the first thing that the item that they're going to uh, tackle, I think, when it comes to uh, looking at next year. And uh, but we still got a lot of people still had a lot of walk by traffic, um, still sold a lot of books. So I'm not complaining at all. I did hear from a certain, uh, you know, a few people that they had problems getting in. And so I didn't see them. So that's something that they need to work on. But I think uh, using that new space, it works pretty well. No, nope, that's true. And I was up there quite a bit because between your table and Mark's table, I was just, it was, I thought it was very la well laid out. I think sometimes some of the aisles weren't evenly spaced though. I think we talked about it a little bit in the Dragon Con report that we did. That, mm -hmm. you know, that it felt like some of the rows were like miles wide, but others were like you maybe could fit two people down them. Yeah, that's well, definitely how it was in the vendors area, too. I'm just glad they separated chess sex and ultra sabers. I'm. Oh my gosh, I'm yes. So thank you. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, like they need their own they part of the building, own they need their own wing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put um, it. And the, the t-shirt vendors. So put Chessex, the Sabres, and the t-shirt vendors just in one section. No. And that would eliminate no. a big problem. That's all the crowd. That's the right. Capacity. Yeah, and I don't want any of those things. So. In your way, yeah. <laughs> it would be fine for me. Isn't that how it works? Isn't it all about Nikki? Right. I, I, I know that Nikki, Nikki is, uh, is coming at this from a, a egalitarian viewpoint uh, <laughs> my utility is greater than all of your utility we would call this the anti-star trek philosophy so the needs of her <laughs> outweigh the needs of all y'all exactly <laughs> um, yeah Rathacon i did think it, was... it ended very differently <laughs> i did think it was interesting um and and darren you brought this to my attention today that there may be on the horizon some new space uh coming into play for dragon con yeah, I was uh, on curbed.com today in the Atlanta section. And you know where that Hertz um, rent-a-car place is? It's, right the, big, there, it's the big empty parking lot, from. basically. The big empty parking lot yeah. may get demolished for a huge hotel and retail um, capacity building, which would go up and be ready for occupancy sometime in 2018 if it goes through. But, of course, that means in 2017 it will be demolition time. <laughs> construction time which means anyone who parks there you can say goodbye to all that parking exactly well exactly it's the two open lots between basically that's caddy corner from the sheraton on your way over to the marriott yeah. it's the sheraton harlem knights across from there yes that's where it is it's right now it's what two different uh street level parking lots and a Hertz rent-a-car. Exactly. And, and from what it. from what they're saying, it's going to be a 25-story building, and it's going to have retail space and hotel space in it. But they didn't say anything about convention space, which was very interesting. Nope. So it'll be interesting to see if it's going to become a host hotel or be more like something like how the Ritz-Carlton is or the hotel that you stayed at this year, Darren. Oh, actually, uh, we went to the Hyatt this year. Oh, you did? Because I thought yeah. you were going to be across the street. I was going to be at Indigo. Yes. But um, we got a last minute in. Gotcha. So, 
Nice. So we were in the Hyatt. So awesome. Yay. Yep. Third yep. floor, baby. Woot. Nice. Those stairs were mine. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's just something to be to be aware of. I mean, if it happens, you know, people keep talking about Dragon Con moving. But if we if we get another space like that, then I don't know if there's any reason for it to move. Yeah. Well, it's going to depend. It all depends. Exactly. What have well, they done no for them lately? Can, there's no, there's no way you can be a hotel in that area and not be affected in some way of dragon. So, well, by Labor Day itself, I mean that's true. <laughs> so um, that should be interesting. But um, as far as uh, the rest of the crowds and everything, of course, a big crowded um, event is the parade. And I kind of thought maybe, just maybe, that the uh, parade would be less crowded because it's actually aired on television nope. uh, on the CW, but I don't think that was the case. <laughs> nope. It was a longer um, route this year and they had more people. But the, uh, the broadcast of the CW uh, parade, um, I recorded and watched it uh, about a week ago. Did anybody else, has anybody else watched it? I no. have not, nope. but I heard, I heard from a source that there were a lot of six flies commercials. So. Yeah, there were a lot, I, well, it, I didn't it was, watch it either. It was it was sponsored by Six Flags and uh, Netherworld, so there were a lot of you know plugs and, and mentions on that. Um, there was also it was sponsored, I think, by Moe's because there was a guy dressed up as a Moe's burrito through most of the <laughs> stuff. Wow! Um, he hey, get, at least he was at least he was <laughs> cosplay, right? Didn't get um, zombies. <laughs> 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 And I think they actually were handing out coupons on the parade route. Yes, those coupons. So. Yeah. Too bad there's not um, like right there. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, well, uh, there's one at CNN. Oh, is there? Was, okay. Yeah. And the Peachtree Center yeah. one. Yeah. Is right. there now? Yeah. Yeah. There's the one. It's, uh, yeah, it's by the CVS. Yeah. It's right across from the CVS. The escalator. There's a, uh, gotcha. it's a subway and a Moe's right there. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it it was cool, though, with the, with the parade. It was actually kind of funny. To kick off the parade, they had a guy dressed as Forrest Gump running the route, like um, like five minutes before the actual parade started. Now, and, was that planned? Yeah, that was planned. Okay, because I saw the guy, and I took pictures, mm-hmm. and I didn't know if he was just somebody being very clever. And doing that, or if it was legit, no, you we, know, this is this our, is what they had planned. In our section of the parade route, people were yelling, run, Forrest, run, run, Forrest, run. It mm-hmm. was awesome. It was great. And it got all the kids excited because they said, oh, the parade's coming. So the was- uh, coverage did not show that. Uh, the coverage, it was an hour long. And uh, it started at 10 a.m. And they replayed it again at 8. And I've heard that they had more footage uh, during the 8 o'clock broadcast. Um, but for the 10 a.m., which is when I recorded on the DVR, um, and that's the great thing about watching the DVR. You know, the commercials didn't mean anything to me because I could just fast forward through them. Um, but um, so they only got to show maybe half of the parade. Um, but it was it was pretty fun. Um I, look, I, I love Brian Richardson. I mean, I think he's done a great job for uh, Dragon Con TV. I'm not sure he was the best selection to be the host and MC of the parade. His his 
his comments were very dry and also very like if you didn't know um the culture then you probably wouldn't get a lot of his references um but um i thought uh, he did the best he could um although i think if the parade continues they probably might want to look to get somebody a little bit more dynamic uh, they also had um, Ben Armstrong, uh, who was uh, dressed up as uh, Netherworld Frankenstein, uh, as Frankenstein's monster, uh, as his uh, sort of play-by-play guy. And that was kind of amusing. Mm. So, um, But it was really cool. I mean, I'd never really spent that much time watching the parade before. So I did think that was kind of a cool thing to do after, afterwards, the week after, and just kind of chill and, and watch the parade. Mm. So I hope that continues. I know there's been rumors of the parade not happening at Dragon Con, so I'm hoping that this deal with the CW has made it something that now that there's a TV interest in it, that uh, that is something that can be logistically um, handled and um, will continue. They need to get a little bit more money behind it, and if they get good numbers for the original broadcast and the replay, then if they can put a little bit, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit more money behind it, I feel like it would be a lot better because they only had three cameras. They had a jib, they had uh, a static camera, and then they had one following the parade route. And really, for a parade that's that big, you need more cameras dispersed throughout the parade route. So I feel like if they could do that, if they could up up the ante with the cameras, maybe do six cameras, then they could get better coverage and they could still do uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna be the tv person here for a minute so (laughs) (laughs) so they can still do something that's called a lower third and what they do with that is they can still put sponsorships down there only they don't have to break away from the parade coverage they can just have a little thing at the bottom that says this part of the dragon con parade sponsored by moe's blah 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 go see moe's yada yada and that way they can continue broadcasting the parade but still get those sponsorship requirements in. So that's just my two cents from a TV person perspective. Yeah, well, I never turn you to your regular parade information. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I, I talked to a I couple people. more floats in the parade. I know we yes. Have, yeah. I, when I go to a parade, I expect a float. Now, I know what the Dragon Con parade is, but when you're televising it, people at home are going to expect to see floats. The costumes are wonderful. The cars, like the the Ghostbuster car and um, the DeLorean and all that jazz, beautiful. We need to amp this up if you're going to keep an audience on TV, and that requires some pageantry. Sorry, gay pride talking. Uh, We just rent a truck, put a whole bunch of costumers on it, play some crazy music, and dance down the street. It's beautiful. Yeah. Come on. let's Let's have a little spectacle with it. So... Okay, yeah. so Darren, you and I next year will help coordinate the parade. Okay. I'll be in charge of Sparkle. Awesome. I, I do know that um, talking to some people who were in the parade, I think logistically they had a few problems because they didn't stagger it enough or they staggered it too much because there were times where there was on air, it was kind of like dead. There was no yeah. group, new group coming. So It was, it was too staggered. When it got uh, in front of the Hyatt, there were like, five minute gaps i'm like oh it's over yeah the spacing mm-hmm. was kind of very odd this year yeah was that yeah, because it was that, that some of that can be the fault of the pacing but a lot of it can just be the walkers too true like true. Having, yeah. having been in the parade it's so hot 
and it, you're so tired already by the time you even start that like paying attention to how far you are behind the person in front of you is really tough. Like it's not the first thing on your mind and really just staying on the road, going the right way and like being, trying to be a little bit interactive with the crowd is especially for people who aren't used to walking in parades and mm-hmm. like being that social with a group of people, it can be really hard to manage all that at one time. So I don't think that they're going to be able to organize the walkers a whole lot more than they already have. Like, you know, I'm not trying to be down on the costumers or anything like that. I've just been there. And I know that, that where you are in the parade is not the thing that you're thinking about at the time. So I think that maybe it could have something to do with when they're starting everyone. And certainly when you get started, there are problems too. Like what if the person who's driving the car is getting a drink of water? Or what if the car doesn't start up on time? Like when it's supposed to have some kind of problem or (laughs) like you're waiting for somebody or any kind of, any number of problems can come up when you're getting ready to leave on the parade. So I just think that that at least some extent could be a problem that we're going to be stuck with. Can we push the DeLorean down the street? While you're waiting for the next people to come by, like <laughs> you need to get, figure it out. Yeah, well, exactly. it would be great if you pushed it down and you got it up to eighty-eight miles per hour. See what really that happened. would be amazeballs. <laughs> I'll I'll see what my friend Mark can do. My friend Mark Zorin with Razorfly Studios actually owns one of the the Jurassic Park Jeeps, the DeLorean, and um the Blues Brothers car. Oh, wow. sweet. And he's working on a Ghostbusters car. So he will have four vehicles in the parade next year. Um, so I'll I'll see what he can do about, like, just, you know, daisy-chaining them and pushing them all together. <laughs> Tow truck. Sponsored yeah. by AAA. <laughs> but, you know, maybe that, that uh, might be something to consider, too, is spacing out the vehicles as well. Because I know that there were there was a section where there were like six or seven cars all together. Um, so maybe they could consider, you know, car group of people, car group of people. Cause as somebody who's driven in the parade before, and I was, uh, I used to drive Darth Cooper in the parade. I did it for, I don't know, four years or something. And they would put me between the 501st and Vader. And the 501st would actually kind of keep, help me keep pace. They would, the troopers would turn around and tell me, okay, we need you to slow down because it's starting to get kind of bunched up up ahead. Um, so that might be logistically part of the issue too. And all the things that Mary Lou was talking about, yeah, that if you've got somebody that you're waiting on and you can't step off with the rest of your group, all that plays into it. Silly question though with that though, maybe the pacing was off so they could fit the commercials in for TV. Maybe. Well, no, that's no, what no. I thought. No, that had nothing to do with it. Um, yeah. But I do know, I do think, though, that they had a certain order because they wanted to make sure that the Netherworld people got in for the first hour so they could oh, show I'm them. Sure. So yeah. I do think that there was probably a conscious effort on their part that at the beginning of the parade, they were going to have whoever, like, they had the DC guys so they could advertise the Flash um, for the CW and and Netherworld. And, and I think so they did have a conscious effort of, of the placement of some of the groups at the beginning so they could you know, for TV. Yeah. And usually the way that the thing works is whoever's producing there, there are one or two people that are producing the parade broadcast and they will tell the mass control operators who are the people that roll the commercial breaks. It will tell them, okay, 
we need to make sure that we hit our first break at 10 after. And so they'll know, okay, we got to make sure that we get these particular elements into the, the parade before 10 after. They do have not hard hit times, but they do have a certain window that they try to hit. And usually for every hour of broadcast, you can have 15 to 20 minutes of commercials. And that's usually going to be four to six breaks. So they, they do have to stick to a pretty tight time constraint as far as pacing people out. But like Mary said, you know, people are wearing these huge costumes and they're going to start mm-hmm. dragging after a while. And you it know, was and actually a cool morning. It was yeah, really, really to- nice. Yeah. Yeah, we had other cons. It was it was a blessing. We had the hurricane for thinking that one. Yeah, yeah. So, but Mike, you said Faber, you said that the the route was longer this year, so that might have played into it as well. And they keep changing the route every year. It just it goes different every year. It seems that might be part yeah. of it too. Yeah, uh, a lot true. of that has to do with the city and the permits and stuff, and what like streets they're allowed to close. So it's not necessarily an and I'm not saying it isn't, but it's not necessarily intentional. Yeah. Right. Sure. Do they now? Do they have somebody? As because I've only been in it as a participant. That they said, okay, show up and drive your car. Do they have somebody that actually walks the route or drives the route to to kind of gauge how long it's going to take? Does anybody I, know? Um, I, I don't know, but I'm sure that they did this year because I know they were really, really um, focused on keeping the parade on time. Because it was on TV and they only had so much time. Right. So I'm sure that at least this year someone did it. Okay. That'd be Still interesting to know, one of too. the most enjoyable times at the con is the parade. So. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's, it's great because you that... get to see a big cross-section of costumes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's one of the things that is unique about Dragon Con, too. So um, uh, definitely moving on to that. Uh, real quick, I'm not going to go through all the winners, but uh, this year was the first uh, now going to be annual Dragon Awards, uh, which are completely fan driven, uh, nominated by fans and actually um, uh, voted on by fans. Um, so just some um, some highlight winners. Best science fiction or fantasy TV series went to Game of Thrones. Uh, best science fiction or fantasy movie went to The Martian. Uh, best science fiction or fantasy PC or console game went to Fallout 4, and best comic book went to Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, so we congratulate all the winners. You can check them out at uh, DragonCon Award or Dragon Awards, uh, or at the DragonCon dot DragonCon dot org site. You, there's a link right there. You can check out all the winners, and uh, yeah, it looks like that's going to be a thing now. So I don't know if anybody's seen the actual award, but it looks pretty cool. It's like a uh, like a teardrop. Uh, flame dragon tear or something. It looks really cool. I think I would like to get one of those awards someday. That's what I'm saying. So Tiki zombie on its for, way, man. Maybe there won't be one for best uh, podcast. So, <laughs> and we'll be there clapping those people right along, you know, so. right. We'll be congratulating the winner. Oh, wait, uh, you, you expect <laughs> us to get it. Oh, no, no, that's cute. That's real cute. I almost, I, I almost <laughs> plots when I heard that. Yeah. That is cute, Mikey. I think you just burst his bubble. I think I did, too. Aww. Another thing is we keep going. uh, We usually go over important dates uh, during this segment. Um, (laughs) But uh, look, there's the dates are (laughs) right. 
<laughs> the only important, well, two uh, important dates right now are the fact that uh, Dragon Con 2017 is going to happen September 1st to September 4th. So there's uh, about uh, 344 days of the time of this recording. Put in your vacation uh, request now. Yes, and try to get your <laughs> hotel now. Um, yeah. yeah. And seriously. get your membership now. Uh, membership prices have already gone up. So um, they are right now $90. Um, uh, I'm not sure. I don't. They haven't announced a date on when they will go up again. But right now, four-day memberships are under $100. They're $90. Uh, folks, these are only going to go up. And they will go up quite significantly within the next year. So if you're thinking about going, uh, get your tickets early. Get your membership early. Because uh, what, um, what it costs now for four days, I think by the time of the convention, it's only a one-day pass costs that. So um, you can just go to the DragonCon website for that, too. We will have a link to that. And uh, normally after the, the, the news and notes, uh, which usually doesn't go this long, um, normally after that segment, we do the celebrity guests. But of course, uh, there's none to announce yet for next year. But I was kind of thinking it might be cool if anybody has any celebrity encounter stories from this year. That might be kind of fun. <laughs> Uh-oh. Nobody, Darren. I'm, I'm no. I'm waiting to hear about whatever happened with Eliza Dushku. So <laughs> I'm just waiting to hear the story. I know there's a story. There's got to be. I I I saw her. That was there. There's no story there. Lies. I, I, uh-huh. I walked by the Hall of Fame and I I uh, I saw that she was there and that was it. I was so busy. Uh, actually, for me uh, personally, I've I've always wanted to meet sam jones and and melody anderson from flash gordon so they were the big highlights for me this year um and they were really gracious i since i wasn't on, able to go on a panel with them uh, or see them on a panel um uh i had some questions and they were both like i said gracious about answering them and spending time they weren't really mobbed so uh with people as a matter of fact when i showed up uh, it was towards the end of the day but they um they weren't um there wasn't a lot of people there and and sam was doing selfies with everybody so there's a lot of pictures of people with sam jones out there and he looks great i mean he's you know normally when you meet celebrities they're kind of smaller than you would expect just because television and all that uh but sam's a big guy uh and he is very much in shape uh when he put his arm around me to get the selfie i was like damn um, I am so glad I didn't go meet him then. I would have, <laughs> I, I would have been a wreck. I would have fangirled all over the place. It would have been terrible. <laughs> Get the mop. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> we have a puddle of fangirl here. So that was a highlight for me. Um, uh, other than that, uh, as far as uh, encounters, I did uh, uh, with my first within my first uh, few minutes at the Marriott when I walked in. Uh, I did see uh, Gigi Edgeley uh, walking out of the hotel, and when I got on the elevator, Joey Fatone was getting off. So, uh, and I did ride, have an elevator ride with Richard Hatch, um, which. Uh, I, I, but really, who hasn't had an elevator ride with Richard Hatch? Seriously, yeah, we're talking about I celebrity think, sightings. Yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's he's as much of a dragon. Oh, ow! As Goodness, I kid. I kid. So, but that's about, that's been, that was about it for me. So, well, I did get to meet Alan Tudyk. That's cool. And that was, that was kind of neat. And, um, I was fortunate enough that because of the fact that I do photography with, uh, 
Dan, Dan Carroll, um, I was able to pseudo direct Alan Tudyk in taking a photo with Dan. So now I'm going to put that on my resume. Directed Alan Tudyk for three seconds. <laughs> One of his best performances ever. Right. It was seriously. It was. It was great. No, he was very cool. Very. Did very he nice die? Guy. He always died. <laughs> he got oddly enough. He did get stabbed out of nowhere. It was very weird. Did he say he was a leaf in the wind before that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See how I. Uh, um. No. <laughs> Sorry. I was in the panel too. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was my, that was my big, again, you know, I was very hard for me to not fangirl and I was cool. I didn't ask for a picture as much as I wanted to. Um, but he was a really nice guy and very gracious and, um, very funny too. Mm-hmm. Really funny guy. You know, cause sometimes when you see these people on TV, you think, okay, they're really, they're, they're great and they're funny and they're really nice on TV, but how are they? outside of that but he seems like a genuinely nice guy so that was a good encounter and then of course you know the random ones you're like oh look there's so-and-so walking by you know and seeing people on the escalator stuff Ah, like that speaking of which nikki actually you were there i think or maybe it was just after i got done talking to you i I went to leave and i Mm -hmm. was i don't even think i took oh yes and um uh rory or uh yes Arthur Darville almost like yeah. just ran by ran over me. I mean, he yeah. just kind of clocked me up my shoulder as he went by. Yeah, I actually I punched David really hard in the arm, <laughs> and and I was like, oh my god, it's Rory, and he's like, what? And I'm like, it's Rory from Doctor Who. Um, so yes, I did see him, and again, it was one of those things that had I thought twice about it i probably you know would have gotten the phone and tried to get a picture of him walking by i wouldn't stop him but i would just be like look it's the back of arthur darvel's head <laughs> yeah. he's totally in um in uh rip hunter mode too because i mean they're shooting the the show now so yes I mean, his his haircut and hair you know his uh yes beard and everything. i did notice so that it's, too it's all from legends i mean there doesn't really I, when I saw him, I didn't really. My first thought wasn't, "Oh, it's Rory." It was, "Oh, it's Rip Hunter." Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Who just clocked me? <laughs> You're like, "Wow, I'm like a superhero now." <laughs> <laughs> so, I, anybody else? Yeah, I ran into uh, what's his name, Jason Jason Isaacs, um, on the elevator. Malfoy. The, How exact, awesome! I didn't. I didn't realize it was him. Oh, because uh, he has dark hair in real life. Exactly. He didn't have his his long flowing blonde wig. No, exactly. No. That artist special. And it was it was funny though because <laughs> he was coming down in, from the hotel because we were staying like on the twenty first floor, and so he was coming down the elevator and he got off at like fifteen or something. Wait, and, he was staying at the Ritz. Yes. Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> I was staying at the Ritz too. I totally would have stalked him. I mean, uh... well, it was, it was, but it was funny. And it's like, I know that guy, you know, I, after he got off the elevator, you know, he's somebody. And Judy was like, I know, I know him from somewhere. And we were just oh, looking at each goodness. other for like, we were looking for like for five minutes. We were like, who is he? Who is he? Then we was like, oh, that's Lucius Malfoy. And it was just like, but he didn't have blonde hair. It's like, no. 
So it was, it was, I was our big, you know, running into somebody. At least we didn't go, Oh my God, you're him. I actually saw somebody a couple of years ago. We were on the elevator with um, Aaron. I can't remember his last name. Battlestar Galactica. Mm -hmm. uh, Chief Tyrrell. And he got on the elevator with us. And there was a guy in the elevator that was so drunk. And he goes, you're somebody, aren't you? Uh, Do you know me? I mean, do I know you? Uh-huh. And it was, I was, oh my gosh, it was so terrible. It was one of those things, like you were saying, that he recognized him. He's like, I know you from somewhere, but he couldn't quite form the words to ask him. Well, Katie Sackhoff was, was in our hotel also. What? You didn't know that? <laughs> no, obviously not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was there also. You know what? Uh, you're You're dead to me now. <laughs> You're not giving me any good intel at all. Someone is getting Game of Thrones up in here. Uh-oh. In a Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Don't drink that, Mike. Don't drink that. Don't. <laughs> I have a lovely pigeon pie here for you, Mike. I don't want to eat a William pie. Ew. Mary or Darren, any celebrity encounters for you guys? None. Yeah, Yay. I have two really good ones. Oh, go ahead. Fine. <laughs> no, I said I had none. Go ahead. I had none. I had none. Um, <laughs> I, I had two really great ones, um, both in the interview room where um, when I was working. Um, so there are a lot of like people that come in and out of there. Oh, you know what? Actually, I had a third one, but I'm kind of embarrassed about it. Um, <laughs> You're amongst friends. Nobody's well, listening. Well, now you have to say something. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't do anything really bad. So I got into the interview room Sunday morning and Sean Mayer had a press conference um, during that time. And so I um, came in the room and, uh, hey, guys, hold on a second. It's okay. We're not recording anything, you know. Is is that how the encounter went? That's yeah. really <laughs> awkward. Do you count George Perez as a, as a celebrity? Again, it's, I mean, it's one of those things. Yeah. But again, it's one of those things. George is so nice and so affable that there are so many people that have met him. If you've not met George Perez, go find him. Oh my gosh. He is awesome. And he gives really good hugs. And and I did have a run in with Phantom Troublemaker. I did too. Phantom Phantom pretty much is at celebrity status now. Really? So that counts. So Phantom counts. Yeah. Yeah, you really did have a, a run-in with Phantom because you were part of you were part of the big event, which I want to hear about in a minute. But okay, we'll get to it. Okay, I'm back. I'm sorry. Um, okay, Oof. so I went into my um, to the interview room, and I had this. Uh, we were getting ready to have a press conference for Sean Mayer from Firefly, and so somebody, one of the people in the room, needed someone to run an errand, and um, I was like, oh, I kind of want to see Sean Mayer. But then I was like, no, like, I'll go. It'll be fine. And so he walked in, and I was, like, on my way out. And, like, he didn't make eye contact with me. I don't think he even knew I was there. But, like, I had to leave. I was like, you're too beautiful. I cannot be here. I have to go. (laughs) (laughs) I had this errand to run, or I would have just sat there and acted like a total moron the whole time. So, anyway... He was beautiful. I could definitely relate to like, He spoke so quietly and just like, oh my goodness. So, mm-hmm. there's my time to Anyway, the other two are much better. Um, 
Sierra Renee, who um, is Hot Girl on Legends of Tomorrow, um, she did an impress conference. And I, you know, I have heard her, like, sing because she's a big Broadway person. So, like, I've heard her sing a few times. And, like, I watched her on the show, but I haven't really ever delved into her work. So, you know, like, it was just really cool that I got to be in there. I didn't really expect anything out of it. But she was really awesome. Like, I was really, really impressed with just how well she handled, like, some of the dumb sexist questions people were asking her. And, like, she is very aware of how her portrayals impact, you know, little girls, especially little girls of color. And I just thought that that was, like, really cool and she's very intelligent and just has this like air about her that like you don't really necessarily get from tv so um i was just overall really impressed hearing her speak and i'm definitely going to keep watching out for things from her because i just thought she was really cool um and then my last one was with um and i can't remember his name i feel like such a tool but um dave something he's one of the voice actors um, he actually is Vol'jin, who is, like, kind of a big deal in World of Warcraft. And so I recognized his voice, like, while he was sitting there talking, and I was like, I know who that guy is. And then he said the name Vol'jin, and I was like, oh, my God, I knew I knew who that guy was. <laughs> so, like, the whole time I was, like, waiting out. And then afterward, the people who work in the interview room are, are allowed to ask for a photo. And so I just went over to him and was like, hey, man, could I like take a selfie with you? And a couple other people had already, too. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. So I took a picture, and he was he was like, take a little video. And I was like, okay. So I just pressed record, and he just, like, said some stuff in the voice from the game. And it was so cool. And there's, like, <laughs> part – I was going to put it online, but there's, like, part of it where I'm, like, derping like a moron. So I have to cut that part out, and then I'll put it online. But – he was so cool. Like he was just a really, really neat, gracious guy. So if I could tell you his name, that would be better, but I'll look it up. That's cool. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> That's uh, so, a, yeah, that, yeah. Nothing, nothing drunk, nothing in the wild, <laughs> just like a interview room stuff for me this year, mostly. Well, uh, that those sound great, though. I I uh, I think that you know that does make at least for my my experience that does make Dragon Con uh, kind of special too. When you have those those encounters, because um, they they can happen at any time. And uh, I did yeah. see a lot. Even like Joey Fatone was just hanging out, uh, you know, downstairs, like looking at people. I mean, it is something that you know the the celebrities enjoy uh, for the most part, uh, just as much as we do. And and a lot of times they're not hassled either. At least I hope yeah, so. Yeah, most most everybody is pretty yeah, cool about not nice. not being dorks and yeah, they're on their best behavior. Yeah, or too intoxicated to. I was going to say right, or busy. they just don't yeah. recognize people. Exactly, they're too busy being intoxicated to really <laughs> yeah recognize people. No, no, we, you know what we're going to say? We're going to owe it all to. Our amazing podcasts that we do leading up to the show that tell people the proper way to interact with celebrities, right? There you go. Oh, that's yeah. it. We try. we try. Yeah, yeah that, that's, totally. That's what will get us the award. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there you go. So, um, so now uh, I want to open it up to the floor as far as uh, other uh, great things that happened to you at Dragon Con. Um, but I want to start. With uh, you know, Darren brought it up the uh, the the now infamous 
Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show, which he took part in, which was uh, probably the only way you could get in, really. Because uh, the, uh, the that... line formed early. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. I, I I was told that I would be the person who would be uh, picking people to be contestants. A much more difficult task than I thought it was going to be because everybody in that room wanted to be on the stage. It was crazy sauce. Um, they played several games. Um, if you have children, just fast forward past this. Um, one of the games was <laughs> they had a slingshot and something that you could kind of infer to be a black hole. And you had to pull the slingshot back and put a um, a device of that you would insert into a tight crevice through the hole. And if you if you did that, you want a point. They played an old favorite, the twenty five thousand dollar pyramid. They changed it to the the ten thousand boner pyramid. Um, yeah, it, it's not for the faint of heart. Is what I would say. But it was very fun. The the final contestants had to read slash fiction and and do it with feeling in order to win. And then they got to uh, the the winner got to sit on the throne of iron boners, which was handcrafted by one of Phantom's minions. Wow! It was wow! Quite, it was quite a time, let me tell you. That quite sounds a time. wonderful. It was it was a classy event. <laughs> no, sorry. I mean, it was an assy event. No, no. Um, it was it was fun. It was definitely Dragon After Dark, baby. Yeah. Hashtag next year they're going to need a bigger ballroom. I, I think so. I think so. I, we we turned away a good amount of people, and we and they had to ID at the door. So here, here's another tip. I already heard from outside when I was walking back and forth. People didn't have their IDs with them. Um, carry your ID. Yes. Because if you don't have your ID on you, you will be turned away from these events. Period. No discussion. Because there's other people in line waiting to get in. Um, the the room will fill up without you. So have your ID. Typically, if people say they don't have their ID, that's an automatic bling. Oh, you're underage. Goodbye. I mean, I've seen slave layers pull out an ID. Don't ask me where they pulled it out from, but they did. So, you know, figure it out. Figure it out. Well, and just yeah, and, Yes. I mean, just for I mean, I don't know. I'd feel weird without my ID. I mean, you just have to have it just for any sort of emergency purpose. Well, I've seen people in costume say, well, we didn't bring it with us. I'm like, well, that's nice. Um, you should always have your ID and your hotel key and your badge on you and probably like a credit card and some cash just in case. Yep. That's just that's just adulting. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad it was a success. I'm glad it for Phantom. He's put a lot of. He, he's, you know, it's a, it's his event. It's grown uh, in size uh, every year, and uh, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. So um, I'm happy for him. Um, anybody else had uh, any other particular great thing that happened at DragonCon? Uh, I, I did. I actually had a lot of fun at uh, evening at Bree. It's something that is put on by the Tolkien track every year. And I was asked to be one of the judges in the costume contest this year. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So um, they wanted to get a different perspective because normally they have other costumers judging, which makes sense. Um, but they wanted to get somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, who looks at costumes from a little bit different angle. And being a photographer, I, I look at costumes a bit differently um, 
than somebody who is crafting the costumes does. And our MCs for the evening this year were uh, Craig Parker, who played Haldir in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, uh, one of the elves, and then Ryan Gage, who played Alfred, who was the uh, minion to the Master of Lake Town in The Hobbit. Um, And they were so much fun. And seeing everybody enjoy themselves and Emerald Rose. I'm sure all of you guys are familiar with Emerald Rose. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, This is their, this was their last year. Really? Um, Yeah. The, the band is, is parting ways. They're dissolving the band. So this was their last performance at Dragon Con. Um, And so being able to be part of that and being able to help capture that um, was really very cool. Uh, and there were a lot of emotions involved. You know, people have been watching Emerald Rose play at Dragon Con for many, many years. Uh, and so being being a part of Evening at Brie this year was so much fun for me. From seeing um, one of our contestants was, I don't know if you guys have seen the dog that is, the dog's name is Thor. And he was at the Marvel photo shoot. Uh, it's a service dog. He's a... <clears throat> excuse me he's a comfort dog and um so at evening at brie he had his little smog armor on <laughs> so he had a little mask and he had little wings and everything <laughs> um so that was really neat getting to to visit with ryan gage and craig parker and have them just keep the audience laughing the whole time during the costume contest and um, being part of Emerald Rose's final show, it was it was just really, really special to be part of the Tolkien track. And it's something that's close to my heart. You guys know I'm a big Tolkien geek. So that was really very cool and a lot of fun for me to do this year. That's very so that cool. that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Well, for me, it was just everything, all the ESO stuff we had going on and just meeting lots of different people who listen. And it was just great to see costumes and also see how much William was uh, enjoying himself this year as Oogie Boogie again. Yes. I saw he broke out the, the old Oogie Boogie costume. Oh yeah. Too bad he didn't wash it since last year, but. Oh no. He didn't even Febreze it. Of course he did. Okay, Dang. good. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, he kind of did, but it's cool. Nah. <laughs> nah, it, it, he, he definitely did. It was great to see people's reactions. The only thing, like I suggested afterwards, it was like, dude, you should have had the dice from the movie. And it was like, Dad, I forgot those at home. Aww. Yeah. Oh, well. There actually was somebody else dressed up as Oogie Boogie, but, you know, I'll play the proud dad. I thought Williams was better. Props. Props are a pain to carry with you and, and easy to forget. So, you know, yeah, I feel his pain. I feel his pain. Exactly. So it was cool. Uh, but, yeah, I had just it was just a great con hanging out with everybody and spending a lot of time, you know, between all the different hotels and not re- I don't even think I really went to any panels that I wasn't on, except for I did the uh, George Perez uh, Wonder Woman 75th anniversary one. That's cool. Yeah. So it was cool. But it was awesome uh, having Mary there for the first time. 
and showing her around and hanging with her and her sister. And of course, Judy and hanging a bit with Mike and all the crew for the uh, ESO network show we did. Yeah, that's always, it's, it really is uh, great to see uh, you guys there, everybody from ESO. I mean, it really has become like a family reunion. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, when we were on, on Sunday, when we're sitting all around the table, it has that, you know, family Thanksgiving vibe without all the drama. You know, it's pretty cool. Oh, there is drama. <laughs> oh, there is drama. Yeah. I mean, amongst us. Oh, OK. Because, yeah, you brought the drama. Actually, they followed you in. Uh-huh. Right. Do tell. Do tell. Oh, no. We were saved by Angela Pritchett this year. Yeah, Angela oh, okay. wins the VIP award. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. She definitely did. She put on her school teacher voice, and man, did she do well by us. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we we uh, appreciate We owe her cookies. Oh, more, <laughs> we owe her more than cookies, my friend. Oh, we can't cook as well as she can. So, Or, or sorry, bake. She would she would fry me for that. Bake, bake. bake. Well, I, I, think she, I think she did help herself to an, another cup of pie. So I think she did get some uh, reward. She did. She, she, I think she approved of my libations. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Darren, anything from you? Yeah, of note? Um, let me see. Uh, my con consisted of stop and go traffic to get to the Hyatt for about, it felt like an hour <laughs> from the from the block and a, not a block and a half, but, you know, a mile away <laughs> that I live currently. Um, that was fun. Um, just unloading and all, all that stuff. We did, I, I want to commend the gaming folks for actually having some arcade games in the gaming hall now. That's fun. That was unexpected. I saw some mad Dance Dance Revolution stuff going on. That was pretty cool. There were some people who had that stuff down. It was impressive. And this was at like one in the morning. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, they're not, they're they're serious about their, their DDR game. Obviously they had not been drinking the pot. They had not been drinking at all. <laughs> I was very impressed. Um, let's see here. What did I do that weekend? Um, I did a lot of everything. Um, I, I went to more panels. I did less costuming. I did the uh, Wonder Woman shoot Friday morning, bright and early, after uh, the rave-ish party with DJ Spartan or Thursday night, which was excellent. If you ever have a chance to go see her, uh, do. She she spins a mean DJ board. And let's see here. Friday was really relatively calm for me. We were helping a friend get over food poisoning, which – you would think that would have ruined your con, but I had a really crappy con the year before and food poisoning was, was the least of our concerns and, and it was still a better con. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, Saturday was, was pretty hectic with going to panels and things like that. And um, going to the art show in the Hyatt still. Um, I didn't get over to the dealer's hall until Sunday um, afternoon and then Monday. Um, for all my shopping and fun, um, going real quick through everything. Cause I, I go Sunday and I look and find out where everything is. And then Monday I go back. Um, but I didn't make it up to the comic book folks until mon- uh, Monday afternoon. Like, I think I was up there like at noon. Um, cause we had, of course, you know, pack up and get everything out of the hotel room. Yeah. 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 All that jazz. So, but yeah, Saturday after I did the, um, the Little Shop of Horrors panel with you, Mike, and then left there, got into my Wonder Woman gear for the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show, and then I had to make it from there to the Hilton because that's where they moved the Spectrum Party. So I went out the Hyatt through the Peachtree Center 
and took that long causeway over to the parking deck, which didn't have anyone on it. Thank God I was sprinting <laughs> practically as, as Wonder Warrior. <laughs> um, got down the elevator, head to the, the Hilton, found the party, and I had, I had about a 30-minute wait to get into that party. It was crazy sauce. Um, all the room parties seem to be all the room dance parties. There always seem to be a line for most of them. Um, at least, uh, the ones that I experienced, there was a line to get in. So that was good. I felt like the, the nightlife at dragon is alive and well, and that's always nice to see. And then, uh, Sunday and, uh, Monday, just hanging out with friends and chilling. I wanted a very low key con this year and I got it. It was, it was amazing to be able to relax and chill. So very nice. Very nice. Um, Mary, anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I mean, that pretty much covers it. Um, wow. Well, for, I know, right. Um, well, for my own part, I, I do want to say that I had a lot of fun, uh, doing, uh, all the panels that I was on, uh, particularly the ESO, um, little shop of horrors panel 30th anniversary. We had a great crowd for that. Uh, that had a lot of energy. Uh, it's always great when, especially in in the, you can really sense it in Joe's track, and I call it Joe, but Joe, Gary, and everybody who is part of the American Classics track, um, because that's where, I mean, most of the time, those panels are are for fans about things that people are really passionate about. So you get people, the audience and the the, the panelists that are really passionate about this stuff all together and just just geeking out over whatever. In this case, it was Little Shop of Horrors. And I didn't realize at, until then that there were that many people that, was gonna, that would be geeking out over this movie. But um, there was a lot of love there. We um, gave a sing-along, a Mike. It was awesome. Yes. And, and people can hear that uh, by uh, listening to um, the, our ESO from last week um, because we aired that as an episode. Um, also, uh, you know, seeing, uh, Mary Ogle for the first time, actually getting to meet and spend a little bit of time together and record an episode with her in person. That was fun. Uh, always a joy to meet my fellow, um, you know, co-hosts. Uh, I'm still waiting to meet a couple people from that, this show as a matter of fact, but, uh, we'll get around to it. Um, and, uh, the other panel of note that, uh, I really had a fun time doing was, uh, I organized a panel for the first time this year, and it was the Tiki Pop phenom- Phenomenon panel as part of the comics area. Um, and uh, I didn't know if there would be that many people interested in Tiki Pop culture, uh, but we had a really, really uh, fun, a great group of uh, people who attended. Uh, there was a lot more people than I thought. When I first walked in the room, I was like, is this my room? Because I, I was really surprised at how many people showed up. And the energy was really good, and uh, hopefully um, we get to do more of that. I was talking to the track director, and uh, I'm hoping to bring um, uh, a few a few more tiki artists, or tiki pop related artists, uh, along next year and uh, make it a thing. So that was that was that could be the start of something. So that was pretty pretty cool. The more involved I get with Dragon Con, the more I seem to enjoy it. Um, and uh, um, and and for that. Uh, any uh, of us who were on panels, um, please, if you are listening and you went to one of our panels, uh, please, if you haven't already, vote uh, or uh, put um, give it a, a rating a in it. the DragonCon app um, because uh, we um, 
we would like to be back on panels next year. So if those panels are rated highly and you make in the comments that we really like the ESO crew, et cetera, et cetera, uh, it'll be easier for, uh, for us to get involved. We have a pretty good relationship with most of the people at DragonCon, but you never know. So we never want to take it for granted that we're going to be involved. Um, so please reach out and, and vote. I think you can still do that on the app, right, Mike? Of course you can. You can do it for, I think, another few weeks. Another few weeks. Cool. So so please do that. And uh, But I have to say, um, you know, and I know I've said it on other ESO shows before, but I, I have to – I can't talk about DragonCon this year without mentioning the fact that the biggest thrill for me uh, personally, professionally, at any con, et cetera – was when uh, somebody, uh, a fan of Tiki Zombie, uh, cosplayed as Tiki Zombie at Dragon Con. Um, that there was, I mean, even though I, 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 I knew that it was something that was going to happen uh, because uh, the, uh, because John, and it was his name is John Cogwheel. He had uh, shown me pictures of uh, the costume as he was working on it, and uh, there was nothing, nothing like that first feeling uh when i saw him for the first time on thursday um it was an amazing feeling and uh so i saw him thursday and then he came by the table on sunday in full tiki zombie outfit and uh uh helped us uh, do the drawing and uh took some pictures and everything and he's just it was amazing uh i look at those pictures now and i'm like i just i still can't believe that someone dressed up like tiki zombie at dragon con so um that was that was pretty awesome. So thank you, John, for that uh, uh, making that a. I mean, if and that happened on th- right like on Thursday night, so uh, my Dragon Con was like a cake after that because that was like the biggest event that I could have ever asked for. So that was a that was a way to start off the con in a good way. Um, but uh, so we want to hear from you guys if you guys had good experiences at Dragon Con. Uh, we want to hear about them um, and. Uh, we do have a phone line. We do have uh, email. You can also uh, reach out to us on Facebook. Um, talk about some of the stuff that maybe we missed. Uh, we've got a few other segments here. We're going to talk to uh, Eternal Zan and Michelle Biddick Simmons and then wrap it up with Kevin uh, and listen to their experiences. But we do want to hear from you guys. And we did have heard from a couple people already. We're going to play those messages after Kevin and, and then uh, wrap the show up. And now we're here with... Eternal Zan for the final time this year. Welcome back, Zan. Thank you very much. It's time to book a hotel room again. Yes, it is. Don't uh, do we have to worry about the uh, getting in lines on the computer and trying to do you know I think the Hunger Games, trying to get a room at the Marriott and such. Yep, yep. Well, the Marriott hasn't opened yet, but what I have prepared for this week in my extensive list of notes, I'm like, um, crap, I'm blanking on her name. What's the woman who's like over-prepared on The Talking Dead? There's one woman who's like super-prepared, and I'm totally blanking on her name. But anyway, that's what it's like. Okay, let's get going with it. Okay, so my first bit, bit of advice, because we'll get to this in a minute, is whenever you join a group or a page, scroll back on Facebook or anywhere else, scroll back at least a couple of weeks and read the old threads, because chances are whatever your question is about the hotel or anything else, it's probably already been asked and answered many times. So you'll learn much more by reading multiple past threads than you will by making a new post. And I mention this because on this podcast, we have talked many times in previous episodes 
about various online resources you can use to learn about getting a room. So this time of year, there's a lot of discussion. Now, one key page you need to know about is the official DragonCon webpage for hotel rooms is not updated when it's close to the convention. And we've talked about this before on this podcast. And presumably that's because everybody's prepping for con or they're at the con or they're traveling home from the con. So it is still important to know where to find that official page. And you can find that at dragoncon.org and then go to where to go at the con and then host hotels. And it's important to understand if you're new to this page that there aren't two sections, one for this year and one for last year. They leave up old information until they overwrite it with new information. So this makes it confusing to figure out which information is new and which information is old and outdated and it just hasn't been overwritten with the new information and booking links for 2017. So what you do is you use archive.org to compare past versions of the webpage to see what information is new on that page. And if you've never been to archive.org before, that's what people call the Wayback Machine. And you can enter in a specific address to see what previous versions of that page have been at different points in time. You just kind of click on a calendar to see what the previous pages have been. So this official page that I just described will have the booking links for the Hyatt and the Marriott when they become available. And the page always crashes due to overloading just when you need it most on booking day. So always save the booking links as soon as you see them. And they, they should be shared on social media too, but that's the official source. So now what I'm going to do is cover the status for 2017 of all the host hotels. And for new listeners, these are all of the official host hotels that I'm going to be covering. So if you're new to DragonCon, Host hotels are where the official DragonCon activities take place, and overflow hotels, which I'm not going to discuss, are other hotels that have the discounted DragonCon rate. And then there are other, other hotels all over Atlanta that aren't connected to DragonCon at all, so they won't offer any kind of discounted rate. And in general, the farther away from DragonCon you are, the cheaper hotel room you can find. Although there are other events besides DragonCon in the city, so it's not just DragonCon determining this. Um, you'll also hear people refer to legacy booking, and that is when a hotel offers first priority for next year to people that stayed with them for this year. And this does not mean that no one else can get a room at that hotel. Um, there definitely be chances throughout the year. And not everybody who stayed there this year is going to be able to return for next year. So it's not going to be 100% legacy being taken up by the same people year after year. And not all the hotels have legacy booking, but that's what it means when you hear people refer to it. So the following hotels are currently sold out for 2017 and more rooms will open up throughout the year. And you can learn more on various online resources dedicated to this topic. We've covered the best online resources in previous podcasts. And my personal favorites are the DragonCon and Rooms group, which has an excellent, very informative pinned post with a list of all the other re resources, including the DragonCon Hotel Connection page. And if you're not used to looking for a pinned post in a Facebook group, and many other kinds of, of groups and um, online resources. Your pinned post is always going to be the first post at the top of the page. So always look there. And it'll usually have the FAQs and community rules, things that 
you know, any new person to that group is going to want to know and definitely read. So the hotels that have sold out are the Westin, the Sheraton, and the Hilton. The Hilton went on sale the Tuesday after the convention, which is typical for the Westin, and they sold out quickly. And the official Dragon Con page I mentioned wasn't updated until it was too late. So the official booking link is there now. And you can keep trying that link throughout the year to see if rooms open up. And when they do, and they will, especially as the convention gets closer, um, please share that information in the Dragon Con rooms community and elsewhere when you get lucky and let people know, hey, I just got a room. They have some open. Go get one. The Westin requires one night stay at the time of booking and the rest of the amount for the entire stay, which is usually about 300 for the deposit and 1000 for the rest of the stay is a rough estimate, about a month before the convention and definitely always read the fine print. Always read your confirmation email for full details because the hotel rep can very easily just make an honest mistake and forget to tell you everything that's important to know. So uh, next up is the Sheraton. Now they do legacy bookings and they offer, they usually offer, start offering some rooms to current reservation holders before this year's Dragon Con even starts, which is what they did this year. And they required the full amount of the entire stay to be paid at the time of booking. It's the only hotel that does this so far, and hopefully this won't catch on. But this can easily be about $1,000 to $1,500, you know, depending on the dates of your stay and the room type that you get. And that includes all the taxes and fees and extras. A lot of times when you see a rate online, what people are quoting you is the discounted Dragon Con rate without taxes, fees, parking, all of that can add up quick. Um, whether you get a refrigerator for your room, Wi-Fi, all that stuff's going to jack up the price. Um, so, yeah, for uh, according to the booking link that is available on the official Dragon Con page, the Sheraton is sold out right now. And their reservations require a four-night minimum stay. And they also have this interesting line on that page saying group rate available on the booking link, saying group rate available until July 25th, 2017, subject to availability. So I guess we'll just see if they stick to that. I'm not sure if they've done that in the past. So the next hotel that sold out is the Hilton. Now they do legacy bookings and right now they're sold out, but there was a posting in the Dragon Con Rooms group today, which is September 21st for this recording, that somebody called the Hilton earlier today and they spoke to in-house reservations and in-house reservations said they're still going through the legacy vouchers and they'll open more rooms in another few weeks once they've gone through all of those. So to get added to the Hilton's email list, call the hotel directly with the 404 number during regular business hours and ask to speak to the group coordinator. And then when you get a hold of them, ask to be added to the DragonCon email list. So what's important to know here is each hotel has a person in charge of group reservations. Uh, like the Hilton. So group reservations would be like Dragon Con is a group of people booking the hotel. So that's a group reservation. And this strategy can work for many hotels. Um, now the Hilton required, you know, just call the hotel and ask to speak to the group coordinator and you can get information from them that a regular hotel employee might not know offhand or have access to. So um, call them Monday through Friday, call group reservations. They work regular business hours. So Monday through Friday, nine to five. 
The Hilton requires a one night deposit at the time of booking and then the rest when you check in. And this has also been the past policy for the Hyatt and the Marriott, although the, their policy for next year hasn't been announced yet for the Hyatt, Hilton and Marriott for their regular reservations. So the Hyatt and Marriott hotels haven't released all of their rooms yet, so they're definitely not sold out, but you just can't book right now. So for example, the Hyatt does legacy bookings and deposits were supposed to be taken out very recently, but not everybody's going to see the charge removed from their account on the same day. Your results are going to vary based on a variety of factors, and that's totally normal. So don't panic. It can depend on your credit card, your bank, you know, a million things. So when deposits are taken out for the Hyatt Legacy reservations, some people have always left an expired credit card on file. And those rooms are going to be canceled with no advance notification, opening up rooms for others. And that's totally normal. So never leave an expired card on file. They don't care. They're just going to happily rent your room to somewhere, someone else if your payment doesn't go through when they tell you it's supposed to. So, you know, always read the fine print and print in your confirmation email so you're prepared with your card on that, especially if you get like a new chip card or there's some potential fraud issue and you have to cancel your card, make sure you update it with the hotel. So let's see. Let me see what else I have on that. So yeah, also always read and follow the procedures they give you for getting a legacy room because sometimes you're supposed to call later to put your payment information on file. Don't just assume they've automatically transferred your current payment information over to your new legacy information. Always read the fine print and follow their instructions to the letter. So saving the best for last, I was the leader for the Cult of Marriott Carpet Parade group this year. And we were a big hit, yay us. So parade registration opens on February 17th, uh, sorry, February 15th on 2017, and it's expected to fill up quickly. Vehicle registrations closed in less than one day this year. So join the Dragon Con Parade Facebook group to keep on top of the news, and you can find a parade group to join there. So just throwing it in for my team, the Marriott there, which has not been officially announced by DragonCon yet when the booking day is going to be, but Marriott employees have recently been telling people that it's going to open on Wednesday, October 5th at 9 a.m., so definitely check the official DragonCon website and social media for the official booking link when it is published. And my final point is about money. Um, people always want to know, especially new people, how much should you budget for a room? And I always say you're, you're always planning for two Dragon Cons at once because the room itself is going to cost between three and four hundred dollars per night for a Dragon Con rate room at a host hotel. And the cost can vary widely based on many factors because this cost does not include splitting the room with roommates or any extras, taxes, fees. I mean, the the rate they, that you see online doesn't include extras, taxes, fees. You know, we kind of went through all that already. So I always like to budget high. So that's why I budget $300 a night minimum. But I really budget $400 because I get extras for my room. So um, and then you're also going to need to budget. As you heard, the hotels have different policies for how much the non-refundable deposit at the time of booking is and then what their policy is for the future payment. So always read your confirmation email on that. So that is the basics for how to book for next year.
Okay, now you can breathe for a second, Xander. <sighs> okay, I got I got through my I got through my whole list there, and you and I just talked about what future segment should be, and we talked about maybe my next segments being about advice from the perspective of the room host and the roommate, because most people are going to be one or the other. But you don't have to worry about that till January or February. Exactly. Well, unless you want to ask your roommates now for money to help you with that non-refundable deposit that you're going to have to put down to book the room because non-refundable means the hotel isn't going to give it back to you. It doesn't mean that you can't give your room away to somebody else, which I always recommend because, you know, somebody else is going to pay you back for that non-refundable deposit if it turns out you can't use the room. Mm -hmm. That's what these online communities are for. Exactly. So Because if you cancel a room at the Dragon Con rate, not only are you out your deposit, but the next person might have to pay full rate. The hotel doesn't care. They're going to take the maximum they can get for that room. And they don't have to release, re-release a canceled room at the Dragon Con rate. So a lot of times they don't. They jack it up. And that's like 600 bucks a night easy. Right. But let's hold it there. Let's keep the people in suspense for next time. Yeah. So I don't know. Do we have next time music? Da -da -da -da. Da -da -da. Thank you so much for everything, Zan. And we will see you again next year. Okay, but, next year. Exactly. But until then, how can people find you? Oh, uh, well, uh, you can tag me in the Dragon Con Rooms Facebook group. My name is spelled Z-A-N, so it's pronounced Zan. It rhymes with fan. And my last name is Bowden, which rhymes with snowed in, and it's spelled B-O-W-D-E-N, which I tell people it's bow like what little girls wear in their hair. And Den, like where a bear lives. And then I also have a website, www.dragonconeternalmembers.com. It's plural, so there's an S at the end. And there's a contact form on there. And so if you're not into Facebook, you can just use the contact form and it'll get straight to me. And of course, that website has a lot of information about Dragon Con Eternal members who get their hotel rooms the same way everybody else does. That sounds awesome. Thanks again, Zan. You're welcome. And now, of course, we have the lovely Michelle Biddick-Simmons from Dropfroy <laughs> Dragon Con. Welcome, my dear. Thank you. Hello. You survived. I did. It was a whirlwind, and I'm still, I can't believe we're over two weeks away from Dragon Con, and A, I don't remember a lot of it, <laughs> and I was sober, so that kind of sucks, but um, B, I feel like, I feel like it didn't, like, we're about to do it again. You know what I mean? We got our home, but I feel like I'm getting ready for it already. Yes. I'm revving up. Mm-hmm. That's the great thing about it is it's just like, ah, oh, the con's done. All right, bring on the next one. But I, I told Paul, I was like, I already have, like, there are two costumes I've been wanting to do for years for Paul and I, and we're going to start working on it, like, next week. So, because they're going to take that long to do. Oh, yeah. So, any hints? No. Mm -mm. Well, okay. <laughs> Gee, and I thought we I'm were friends sure, here. Somebody else would try to go for it. And I'm like, no, it's my, it's my vision. Exactly. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> Scary as it seems, but I'm actually, you know, it, we saw you for about an eighth of a second at the con. In, in my big pink ball gown. Isn't exactly. It? Exactly. But it was, you know, great to see you and Paul and you both look great in costume. Thank you. And that was it. It was like, boom, she's gone. And 
you know, we went looking at, for you at a couple of different events, but just there's so much to do there. You could be going to the same event even and miss people. Which I, I know happened this time, but um, I had such a good, like the meetups that we had um, on Thursday, we had a four o'clock and an eight o'clock, both at the Weston, which I love that bar. And they are very patient and very good people. And the bartenders are fabulous. And the food's really good. Uh, so was the alcohol. That's the one time I drank. But um, we had a 4 o'clock DVD and an 8 o'clock DVD. So we got to see so many people. And this year I got to really talk with more people. And that was that's really important to me is just to be able to talk with people and hear what's going on. And and we we had a lot of really good stuff happening. And so it was really good to be able to hear the stories in person. And and once I see someone's face, I usually never forget it, forget it again. But it was so nice to see, like, I'm like, oh, I remember this face from last year, but putting people with their faces is good. And we also had um, a small, like, I'm not part of FetLife, but I'm friends with a lot of the people. And because of another group I'm associated with that I'm like the Din mother, we ended up at that event. And that was fabulous. Those people are so much fun and just so nice. And so that was really good. And some really fabulous shoes. <laughs> shoes rock. Yeah, shoes rock. But I'm trying to think of what else. Um, my, I think my very favorite thing um, this year was the Brian Henson panel that we made. It was one of the few things. Like, I'd love to have been able to go to all of his panels. But we had issues and actually got down there a day later. So we had to hit the ground running on Thursday the entire day of Thursday was insane. And then Friday, um, the Geek Girl run, I did not make. I ended up having to stay in the room and stretch while they were running um, because I knew if I didn't, I wouldn't be walking much at Dragon Con. But Paul and a whole bunch of drop buyers participated. And I had told you we lost uh, a member to cancer this year. Right. I remember you mentioned that. They dedicated the run to her. So Mary Grace Crawford and... Her girl posse were there and took part in it. And Paul, I've seen the photos, and Paul was like, it was really good. And everybody was, it was just a lot of good energy. And that's the perfect thing because those people are fabulous. Um, the puppetry slam, as always, was great. We sat in a really funky location. I wish the sound had been better. That is, that is the one thing. I don't know. Did you make any panels this year? Um, just the ones that I were on. Okay, there was there was in almost every panel, um, something going on with the audio, and the puppetry one was so difficult. And Paul was cracking up at me because um, I'm slightly hard of hearing, just slightly. So I tend to read lips, and <laughs> we're watching the puppets. And I looked at him and I said, "That one is a is a really lazy speaker." <laughs> was like i just said that about a puppet <laughs> but it is i couldn't understand the one and then when the other puppet started it was great and fabulous but the room was um it was at the weston and the ballroom was too big for the way they had it set up there was only one screen and it was really hard to see but when i i finally kind of found a position where i could see more of it and I I love puppets and I just admire those people and I enjoy their gifts so much. Mm -hmm. They're just really good. Actually, that's one thing I have noticed this year was there was an issue with the sound in almost every room. 
it was really rough. And I know the audio people, I know a lot of them, and they're really good. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's the equipment needs to be updated. But, you know, people who are brilliant and doing a damn good job can only do so much if you give them not great equipment. And I'm not sure what was going on, but something was. Because um, the the white noise and back static made it really, really hard to hear. And and that was, even with the Brian Henson thing, there were a few issues. Um, but the, if you didn't see Brian Henson, oh, my God, I want to see him in the future and just hear more stories. Just, you know, and it's not even a, I want to hear him for stuff about his dad. I want to hear him for his stuff. Because he's he's an elegant man, he's obviously very talented and brilliant, and he just has really fabulous energy. Really nice. enjoyed that. I agree with that completely. That's awesome. That is and awesome. we got to spend time with friends. And for us, um, that was basically what Khan ended up being all about this year, was being able to, like our friends, uh, Kat and Dave, who came in from Arizona, we got to just have so much really good quality time with them. And um, we went to a Turkish restaurant and I'm a belly dancer. And so they have a belly dancer come out and I'm having a fabulous time because I'm enjoying watching her perform. So we had such a good time there too. And I've never been to that restaurant before. It's the Turkish restaurant right by the um, Marriott. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'd never been there before. It was very good. The people were fabulous. It was very funny because I ordered a Turkish tea and the guy tried to talk me out of it and he kept telling me it was going to be too strong and stuff. And I'm like, um, yeah, I grew up drinking it. So he finally brought it out to me and it was, it was so good. And we ended up getting into a discussion and I told him how sorry I was for everything that's going on in his country. Um, he actually had to, had to flee Turkey with his family right before everything started happening. Wow. So I was like, oh, yeah, but it's, you know, Atlanta is a melting pot. You never know who you're going to bump into. And that's one of the best things about Atlanta and that area and con. That's awesome. It would be, it's great about Dragon Con because you could be walking down the hall and you just never know who you could be running into. Uh, Faith Hunter, the writer. I absolutely adore her. And Alethea um, Kuntis. It was so funny. We're in the, the Westin. For at the bar, and I look over, and there are a whole bunch of writers that I know, and a couple of them, um, like I'm not friend friends with them, but I know them, and I know Faith Hunter um, because I've been to so many things with her. But it was just so funny to look over, and there's a whole table, and Sherry Priest is walking by, and I'm like, okay, the Western is where to go if you just want to watch all the writers or end up talking with them. And I found out a couple of them are dropped by Dragon Con members, but. We have a lot of them that, that just, they don't use their their real name or they use another name because, you know, we have a lot of members that we just keep kind of on the down low. Right. Because they just want support and don't want anybody to know who right. they are. Some people on. just don't want the, you know, the notoriety or, you know, hey, look at me, I'm trying to lose weight. They just want to do it on their own but have the support. Right, exactly. So that is part of you know what Drop by Dragon Con is all about. And we've had quite a few new members because I was on a panel. I totally forgot that. I was on a panel this year, and I really um, appreciate being asked to do it. I think the other three people that were on the panel, Blade and Riddle, I love Riddle, and I cannot think of his name. I think it's Andrew, but I, I'm so sorry. I can't remember his name, the moderator. 
really wonderful people. It was a fabulous panel. It was Cosplay, Fitness, and You. And um, I think we helped a lot of people. We ended up with a whole bunch of new members. And I've, I've actually been speaking with a couple of them one-on-one um, because of health issues. And one of them I've actually been able to get, like she's gone back in and spoken with her doctor and gotten more info that they hadn't given her. And that made me so happy because um, you, as I always say, you are your own best advocate. So I was able to connect with people I've never met before and already helped some of them. And that makes me, (laughs) you know me now, that makes me so happy. (laughs) So I'm hoping next year to be on at least another one. Um, As soon as Mercury is out of retrograde, yes, I really do acknowledge the existence of Mercury in retrograde. There's something I want to talk to the person who asked me to be on the panel about because I have an idea for a panel for women and fitness that I would love to be the moderator for. That sounds awesome. That is awesome. It would be great to see you hosting a panel. I think it went really well. I think you would have enjoyed it. Um, it, it, we ended up having quite a few DVDers, but there were a lot of people that, um, didn't even know about DVD, but they just wanted to, wanted to get help or, get some place to start and you know my my big thing is wherever you are is where you start and i think that that really does connect with people um i'm i have to say paul and i were talking about this we were discussing dragon con and future tracks and i don't know if they're going to do it yet but they need a comedy track and they need a really really well vetted comedy track they need um, because they could blend with so many different tracks that are already existing and get some of the, you know, because a lot of the ones that they bring in, the actors from, um, like Doctor Who, are comedians. Quite a few of them are comedians. And British track in general, they have quite a few comedians. And it would be, that is one of those venues I don't think they've really hit yet that I think would be so fabulous just to get that going. Gotcha. That would be awesome. Plus, there are writers that I know would be really great on that, too, because there are so many writers that we have that are also comedians. Um, Paul ran around as, um, if you know Stranger Things, this is one of my highlights from this year. Paul decided to do a costume for himself because the guy, Randy, who plays the professor in Stranger Things, or the the teacher, Mr. Clark, uh, Clark is an improv comedian that Paul knows. And because of other improv stuff that they've done together – and they actually do look alike. And so Paul was like, he went out and got, he like texted me the photos, this sweater vest or this sweater vest. I was like that one. And and he put it together and went around with the paper plate and stuff. And he enjoyed that so much because A, we love Stranger Things. B, he really loves Randy. He thinks he's a great guy. And also anything that exalts a teacher is something to be praised Anything that he had the paper plate, he had the the underdrawn, he had all of that with the upside down. Yes, Paul, he's here sitting here. But um, and that was really fun. And it was interesting. Did you notice the crowd seemed to be smaller? It did seem that way. We've brought that up other places in the show, actually. Saturday night, it was busy and we had a really great time, but it did not seem as crowded. Um, There was one thing, and I'm going to say this that I found really interesting. We came in really, really, really late Sunday night. 
I mean, wee hours. And um, well, I guess that's Monday morning, really, 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 really early Monday morning. Um, and we were walking through the Marriott, and there was this weird energy. And I ended up having a discussion with one of the waiters about it at the Marriott the next day because he had the same feeling, that it was like this almost desperate need to be having fun when you weren't having fun. And I was like, this it's like a different crop of people. So I don't, I don't know if it was – I don't know. Did you walk through and see that? Oh, yeah. It was really odd. It was a weird energy. Like all of us that have been there for a while were having a great time. But it was like this – not even younger. It's just a, a newer group that were almost desperate to be having fun, and they really weren't. And it was like we saw so many people just puking in the strangest places and trashed out of their brains and just really miserable, Mm -hmm. but desperate to be happy. It was so odd. That was something that was a downer for me. But I was like, I was like, Paul, did you get that? And I ended up having a talk with one of the waiters that I know, and he had the exact same feeling. It was that was very odd. No, I do understand that. It was interesting. I felt that more on Sunday night than Saturday night even. Yeah, no, and it was Sunday. It was like um, way after the puppetry slam because that's late Sunday night right? Um, into Monday morning. And this was like we're coming back Monday morning, and we were like, let's get pizza because they had pizza for like $6 a slice, and we're like, we're both hungry. And so Paul had a beer, I had a soda, and we each had a piece of cheese pizza, and we're over there in line to get it. And But Paul and I are like having to step over these drunk, miserable mm-hmm. I, fe- I felt like on Sunday night, and I meant I mentioned this earlier, actually, it felt like on Sunday night, I saw more drunk people than even any of the other nights I was there. That was exactly it. But it was like a weird, desperate need to be drunk. And exactly. I, like they were searching for joy. And I'm like, joy doesn't come from an alcohol, no. any kind of alcohol is supposed to be an accessory to happiness, not your thing for happiness, not your go- end goal. No, I It's very strange. Yeah, I don't want to end on like a bad note. So something good real quick. Um, let's see. Incredible costumes, the labyrinth costumes. Oh, my God. That made me ecstatically happy to see that many exquisite labyrinth costumes and that giant worm. Oh, my God. He was brilliant. Well, also, the uh, it was some pretty amazing costumes this year. And I just – kudos for everyone who – dress this year big or small you went out there and did it i'm very pleased i totally totally agree with you i really enjoyed the costumes and the people that i got to spend time with were lovely Mm -hmm. exactly well michelle it's always great to talk to you on the show and And it's always great to speak with you and and exactly and so we will talk to you again hopefully in january when we start this whole thing open again i'm going to give you a couple months off go for it Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to be working my butt off because next Dragon Con, I will be down to a size that I am happier with. Awesome. And last but certainly not least, we are joined once again by Kevin Batchelder. Kevin, I hear you survived Dragon Con, although once again, you have eluded me. <laughs> yeah, I kept hoping I'd run into you. I figure I saw Mike a few times. I might see you too, but it just didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really crazy. I think I mentioned earlier in the show that uh um you know you can go 
it's so strange. I mean, there's so many people, uh, again, we, uh, 77,000, right? And, and yet it seems like there's some people that you see all the time, um, at just randomly. And then other people that, you know, that you just never run into. It's very strange. Well, as you said, though, it is 77,000. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's not like there's only 25 of us. True, true. But there does <laughs> seem to be some people that I, you know, that I run into, like, you know, and it just is random. Like, oh, man, I can't believe I keep seeing running into you. And then other people, I'm just like, I, I don't see them at all. So <laughs> anyway, how was your Dragon Con experience, sir? Oh, it was another excellent one again. It, it feel like it's a broken record every year, but it is just the same thing. Too much fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad to hear that. And uh, anything in particular stand out this year? Uh, you know, n no. And I don't mean that in a bad way, because it was just a lot of the, the great chance to see a lot of people, you, you know, yourself aside, <laughs> um, you know, that uh, I only see that once a year. And uh, the newbie events were great. The panels I was on was a lot of fun. I got to a couple of other celebrity panels. Everything was just such just such a smooth set of days. It really was. Now, with all the changes that we had, some of which we talked about, others that we found out about at the show, um, was it kind of more of a challenge this year as far as the newbie group? Weren't we all newbies in a certain extent? Oh, yes. I mean, to a certain <laughs> degree, yes. As you know, with some of the track moves, a lot more going on at the America's Mart. Um, that always keeps us on our toes. But, I mean, the actual newbie events that we run, again, now that we've been doing this as an official part of the con for several years, you know, um, Kim and Mike and Sue, who helped me run the group, and all of the the uh, extremely helpful folks who, who did the tours, like Mike and other folks, we've got this kind of down almost to a science. I mean, we really, that after, Thursday afternoon was running like clockwork. It was it pretty was amazing, amazing to watch. It was amazing how good you guys had it running. I was very impressed with you guys. Well, and that's that's experience and also some great other people like yourself that are that are helping out. Because, I mean, a couple of years ago when we first did it, uh, as part of the con, we had like 500 people show up and we weren't ready for that. <laughs> so it took us, you know, like three hours to eventually get everybody out on tours. But this year we had people showing up like a half hour ahead of time, but we already had tour guides there. So they were going out. So we probably never had more than 50 people in that room, even though we had over 500 come in because they'd come in five minutes later, we'd send more people out, more people come in, we'd send them out. So it, it helped that we had a bunch of great tour guides, many of which were willing to do multiple tours. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny, like anything else at con, once you get to do it a few times, you kind of find a rhythm to it. And I believe uh, our good friend, uh, the other Kevin, Kevin Eldridge, uh, was uh, doing a tour and he was actually his tour was broadcast, I believe. Yeah, the folks at uh, DragonCon TV have stopped by the last couple of years. And this year they mentioned they wanted to try to go on one of the tours. Uh, and they did. They went on one of Kevin's. Uh, Kevin was leading that one. And then um, they took and used part of that uh, along with the brief interview that they did with uh, Mike and Kim and Sue and I and put that. I think that was on the Friday morning late show. Uh, nice. So that was pretty cool to, to see them do that. And we really appreciate them helping to spread the word on that, too. And uh, I also saw, of course, that uh, you do a lot of panels. And I believe um, one, at least one of them is one that uh, people can check out now. I believe uh, the one that you did with Arrow on Arrow, I believe, with, um, I think, uh, another good friend of ours, uh, uh, Angela Pritchett, was on that with you? Yes, Angela, yep. 
Yes, uh, we shared the recording of that on our Arrow Squad podcast. I've got about, I think, six or seven of the panels that I did recorded, and we'll start releasing them on our primary Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV podcast about once a week here in the fall if folks want to check them out from any other shows. But yeah, it's been great. Angela's been, uh, I think, on the Arrow one with me the last two or maybe three years. She's been a, a great uh, contributor to ours on our, our regular ESO show. She does the Geek Girls Take segment every week. And, of course, she also joins us at DragonCon, uh, usually on the ESW panel. So uh, she's she's great fun. Yeah. No, she does a great job. We've really – it's funny. We were talking about that. I think uh, John Keegan also has been on that with me and Angela for a couple of years. So it's funny. We really – uh, as you know from doing panels, sometimes you sit down as a new set of panelists. You try to get a little bit of a rhythm. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't if you don't know the folks. But uh, the three of us and a couple of the other folks that were on that Arrow one, just boom. I mean, we, you know, within two minutes, we were on the same page and had some good timing. So that's that's when you have a lot of fun on the panels, when everybody just it just seems to come together, you know, and you get a good crowd asking good questions. Yeah, That's the stuff that's just so satisfying because you get a, a very good interactive crowd. I love when we get panels like that. You know, it's it's a lot harder when you say any questions and all you get is crickets. <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, and you you mostly do fan panels and uh, and those are always great fun at you know, Dragon Con, I think, is one of their strengths is that it's it's by fans for fans. So when you have these panels that people come to because not because they want to listen to somebody who was on the show, although that would be cool too. But yes, they, they, the panels where they get to share their own experiences, their own observations, just their own fandom with other people. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I try. Um, I often moderate many of the panels, the fan panels uh, that I'm on, having some good experience with that. I really try to tell folks right up front, hey, this is not a lecture. This, like you just said, this is not a celebrity event. We want interaction. Folks, make this the panel that you want to hear. I don't just want us droning on uh, at the front of the room. And usually it's great. You get a lot of folks that go that, you know, and start asking questions or disagree maybe with a point, but always in a very uh, community way. You know, it's not a uh, any type of confrontational things. And, and it's it's so much fun because I love it. It's a great challenge as a panelist to, to get a differing opinion or to have someone want to talk in a certain direction maybe you hadn't planned on going. So uh, that's that makes for some great stuff. And we did have that on several uh, panels. The Arrow one you mentioned, uh, I know we had a great uh, conversation at the eye zombie one that one worked out really well too um the librarians was a really good one i got to moderate that one this year for carol malcolm over in urban fantasy because she had another commitment so i got to be a more traditional uh moderator where i was uh, talking less and and getting the panelists to talk a little more and there was some great interaction there too so i, I love when we get a chance to do those Absolutely. Uh, they're, they're fun for me as well. Um, now, was there anything this year that you had never done or was there a first time experience for you at DragonCon this year? Um, no, I don't think there was. It was just more of a, uh, like I said, some years, as you know, Mike, and some other folks who've done multiple panels, it just seems like uh, maybe you get uh, a certain day that just you get overloaded on, you got too many or other days are quiet. This year, the pace was just consistent. Um, I had several to do each day. They they all flowed together well. I didn't really go and do any different stuff uh, other than try to catch a few celebrity panels, which I, I oftentimes don't get a chance to do as many as I might like because just I end up on so many things it doesn't always work. But I had a lot of fun seeing some of the cast of iZombie this year. Uh, they were great, as were the folks from Dark Matter, 
and Legends of Tomorrow was a lot of fun. I'm a big Katie Lotz fan. She was very cool on a uh, on one of those panels. So it was it was a lot of fun there, along with the drive-in. You know, the movie screening that we do oh, every right. year. Yeah, Joe, yeah. Joe Crow and I we did Battle Beyond the Stars this year on Friday night, and uh, good choice. Uh, we, I haven't seen that in a while, but yes, I could. Yeah. We had a great crowd, you know, that's the same way we, you know, but both Joe and I want interaction <laughs> makes our job a lot easier when we're getting nice quips and funny jokes coming from the audience. So, uh, yeah, we also did, uh, oftentimes what I do for that drive in to give a drive in feel, I pick some crazy trailers to show before the movie, just like you'd right. see at a drive in. Yep. And instead of more current films that are just crazy things, uh, I purposely this year picked trailers for other films that we were considering doing along with Battle Beyond the Stars. So I had trailers for like uh, uh, Space Truckers uh, with Dennis Hopper from the 90s. I had, uh, uh, what was the other one? Uh, one of the films with Bridget Nielsen and a couple other 80s things. All <laughs> folks love that. Seeing all those faces for people that, you know, they remember from their childhood, you know, was perfect for, for Dragon Con. So we had a blast on that. So Yeah, it's a very, um, I'm still trying to get over the fact that the 80s, are classic now <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's face it we're old okay i've accepted uh, that fact i yeah, don't know about you yeah, <laughs> yeah well dragon con certainly makes me feel it that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah with uh, that many days running around it's you know i'm like you there man it's not as easy for me to pop up and uh, <laughs> uh cover as much ground as i used to takes a little bit longer to get filmed yeah it sure does another, right <laughs> i'll um, just get you both walkers for next year it's okay <laughs> now was there, was, i know that uh, you like to you know intermit intermingle with the celebrities and and do that did you did you get a chance to do that for dragon con this year uh, no not really i didn't uh, run into many folks um this year, as opposed to some other years when I have, it, it really was a little more on the fan side this year. Nice. Uh, for the most part. But uh, uh, it, it was just kind of neat uh, being a part of it and watch it kind of flow. I had to give the con lots of props. I thought, maybe you folks mentioned a little earlier in the show, I thought crowd-wise things flowed a lot better. I saw less bottlenecks um, in the Marriott. Uh, things were moving. I didn't get a, much of a chance. I know America's Mart had his serious challenges, but I wasn't there as much. But the other hotel stuff was was flowing pretty good. Which is why we didn't meet very much, because because uh, I was at America's <laughs> Mart a lot. So, so that that would probably be the 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 reason there. Um, but uh, aside from that, though, uh, I'm glad that you had a, a very good Dragon Con, and uh, definitely look forward to um, you know next year already. Uh, have you already got like? Do you have a legacy, or you already got your hotel booked and all that? Uh, yes, and it's funny the thing I do tell folks when they ask, "Well, gee, were there long lines at Dragon Con?" I go, "My longest line this year was waiting for the Dragon Con hotel room voucher. Beyond that, <laughs> but uh, again, we made a great." As we always do, it's like a line party. I met a bunch of new folks I did not met before in that Hilton line. So I we became Facebook friends and Twitter friends and kind of kept up throughout con. So, so yes, it was nice to have my 2017 room reservation all locked up before 2016 con even started. Awesome. Well, we will definitely see you. Uh, I'm going to try to make a plan, uh, make you a top priority next year. Um, as well as, um, you know, it's been great having you, uh, you know, do the segments for us this year and, uh, we hope for more of the same next year. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, we'll definitely 
have to do better than just telling each other we're going to mic. Otherwise, it'll never happen, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to. Thursday was really crazy for me. I intended to get set up and then go down to the, the newbies room to see you guys. But I just it was a crazy day. So next time I'm going to make it a point that on Thursday, you know, set up and then and then get down there for it. See you yeah. guys. Thursday was crazy for me. I got stuck with doing these silly old tours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which you did i heard very well so uh we definitely have to thank you and all the other folks who are seasoned folks that were willing to come down and help out as tour guides that made our job a lot easier to have so many folks willing to do it i mean Zan i love that, that community yep zan's there she was yep. helping out quite mm-hmm. a bit as well Zan did it also yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's it's really it makes me as corny as it sounds, it makes me very proud to see how many people just want to step up and help up the newbies there. And I'm already volunteering myself for next year. Awesome. Awesome. If you want me back, you'll talk to oh, me. Oh, of course. You'll talk to me off the air and go, Well, Mike <laughs> <laughs> We had to make some cuts, you know, it happens every year. No, every I don't year. see that happen. Don't see he's, that happening. He's like, it's bad enough. I have to only see one Mike uh, Dragon Con. If I can get rid of both of them, that would be awesome. Well, there was one real last thing I'll say real quick before I go. Talking about celebrities, I did notice from iZombie, um, Ali Machaka. Very, uh-huh. very pretty lady. Very attractive woman. Um, I was in the Marriott at one point, um, just hanging out near the front of the hotel on the lobby level. Uh, I think I was waiting for someone over in the areas where they have a couple of the offices for some of the con folks, she was standing there with uh, either a friend or her handler. I don't know who it was. And they were chatting and a ton of people are walking by her, not even stopping, not even <laughs> doing rubberneck to turn around and go, is that someone famous? I mean, she's a very beautiful woman, but she was just standing there smiling from ear to ear, appreciating that the con was going on around her. Nobody was noticing her. <laughs> it's that way. I love it's that way, it's that, you can just blend on in, right? It's that way exactly. a lot of times. Judy and I were in an elevator with Jason Isaacs, who is uh, Lucius Malfoy from Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And we were like, I know he's somebody, but I don't want to make an ass of myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might have been some of it. But no, it was, you know, but I mean, I could just tell by the smile on her face because it was her first Dragon Con. She was just enjoying watching the cosplay go on around and everything else. And that's those moments for me when you've got a four days of craziness sometimes just really, that's the cherry on top. It reminds me of how much fun this thing is when you realize everybody there, regardless of who they are, is having a good time. That's yeah. great. And you got to see that really with all of the newbies coming in. You get to see like, you know, because we, I, you know, I experienced that through Mary's eyes as well as through uh, Mandy's eyes this year because this was their first Dragon Con. And it's just, you know, when they're so excited and, and it's just, oh, you know, it's it's fun to see it through new eyes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It does. It makes it fresh every year for us. Absolutely. Well, cool. Well, very much. Thank you so much for uh, everything you've given to us uh, this year. And uh, we will see you next year for the 2017 Dragon Con Report. No doubt. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you letting me be a part of things. Absolutely. And so we draw a close. Another season of the ESO Dragon Con, the 2016 special report. A big thanks to everyone for joining us, not only on this episode, but all year long. Uh, As always, we were glad to hear from you guys and uh, Eternal Zan, Michelle Biddick-Simmons, Kevin Batchelder. Um, Those guys have helped us out all year round. And of course, uh, I love doing it with you guys. Uh, This show with you guys, our station crew. Thanks, Nikki, for joining us. 
Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. And we hope to have you back next year. I hope so, too. We'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't mean it that way. I don't mean it that way. But to be fair, I kind of remember at some point you were, you were thinking of not going to Dragon Con this year. But you know what, you guys, you, I say that every year, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so just, just to be consistent, I'll say it again. I might not go next year. <laughs> Well, Even though uh, I did already put in my vacation request at work. <laughs> well, you know, you're always welcome to join us here. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And, and thank you, Mary. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So so when do you start with the costuming for next year? <laughs> uh, ideally tomorrow, but, uh, you know, right. we'll see how it goes. Do you already have ideas? Yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, yeah, though. That's cool. It's good to have, like, yeah, it's good to be thinking of uh, other ones. I'm sure you were inspired this year by some that you I saw. I was actually inspired at Dragon Con, and, like, for half of the week, I was really pissed off that I couldn't wear the one I want to wear next year. Ooh, so. gotcha. <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, again, we hope to see you back next year as well. And thank you, Darren. Oh, anytime, gentlemen, anytime. So it doesn't feel the same recording these without uh, pie, but you know, <laughs> you may not be having pie. <laughs> we we shall have to see if we can work something out uh, when we're actually recording the episodes next year. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, it's awesome to have you part of this show. Well, thank you, sir. It's awesome to be part of the show. And and thank you, Director Faber, for which, of course, none of this would be possible. Well, I do have a special announcement to make right here and now that the Dragon Con report will be renewed for 2017. <laughs> Yay, we all have jobs. You all have jobs. <laughs> Can it be like American Horror Story where it's a different con every year? A different year? theme. Uh, a different theme, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. In a mental hospital. I, I could definitely do that. Going, I am going to cosplay as gay Cthulhu next year. I don't yeah. know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Oh, that's awesome. You go, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then just snap your hands. Snap. Snap your tentacles. Horrifying, that's wasn't he? Tentacle. Yes. Yes, he was. Wait a minute. That's not a tentacle. Hmm. <laughs> Before I close out the show, I, I really also have to thank another person who joined our crew this year um, and was a, a great addition. Uh, Tacoma Sanchez uh, was on almost, I think, every one of our shows, except for maybe a couple. Um, but she was a great addition to the crew this year. So we hope to see her again uh, next year. Unfortunately, she still is recovering from <laughs> Dragon Con 2016. So uh, hopefully she'll do so in time to join us for the 2017 reports. Uh, we try to cover all we can with these specials, but uh, we, we we can't even come close, to be honest with you. Uh, we, to keep up with the latest news, please check out the official DragonCon website and all the social media outlets. Uh, all the tracks are also active on the Facebook groups, various social media. Reach out to them. Tell them what you liked, what you didn't like about this year. Tell them uh, if they have any ideas for next year. They are already starting to think of of programming for next year. So it's never too early to try to get those ideas in. So reach out to the uh, track directors now. 
Um, now, as far as ESO, you can talk to us anytime. And we love talking about Dragon Con. So please uh, reach out to us via Facebook, Twitter, Google+. Uh, we're on Stitcher everywhere. Uh, we want you to be part of the station. Please join us in the discussion. Uh, also, please help support us by donating via PayPal, purchasing very cool ESO merchandise from our Zazzle store, or filling up your cart at our Amazon e-store. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and it has been my pleasure. We'll see you at the con in just a, under 340 days. of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.